0: So a friend told me the other day, Evan, you got to be willing to put yourself on the hook. I was like, what do you mean? I mean, I knew what he meant, but I wanted to hear it from him. What's he thinking when he says, you got to put yourself on the hook? I said, I'm putting myself out there and I'm trying to not overly rush any sort of process that I'm in. And he said, yeah, well, good. That's, that's great. But even still, you're not fully on the hook. Sometimes you got to pay to play and you almost always have to double down on one thing or you're going to just be good at nothing. That conversation was about a week ago and I've really taken this to heart. Today in this episode, we're going to look at what it means to be on the hook. We're going to discuss some of the other elements inside of our psyche that prohibit us from allowing ourselves to be on the hook, and how we can work past that, looking at concepts of risk and also resistance. Welcome to the episode. Attempting to simplify the complexities of entrepreneurship and what makes for a good life. This podcast is riddled with questions, ideas, philosophical food for thought, tangible takeaways, and honest stories that highlight one man's journey. My name's Evan Shank. Welcome to the podcast, Which Way Now? This whole concept of being on the hook, what is that? You know, in my brain, I'm thinking hook like fishing hook, but there's actually a story that's shared. It's fame. It's been made popular by Seth Godin, who I just kind of call him the godfather of marketing. Um, check him out if you've never heard of him, but just a very, very wise uh, businessman that kind of comes from the marketing background and industry, renowned author, all that. But he shares the story of when he was in Turkey one time, the country of Turkey, in bread shops, they actually have this... This thing that you can do, if you live there, you can go in and if you have money to buy a loaf of bread, maybe you have money, enough money to buy two loaves of bread. What you can do is you purchase one for yourself and then you purchase the other one and you tell the, the person that's behind the counter to leave this on the hook. And what that means is that when the next hungry person comes by the bread shop, they can ask who is working there, are there any loaves of bread? on the hook. If there are, then that person is fed. And it's this generosity that has a chance to be reciprocated and it creates this like loop of sharing of what you have, whether that's things that you have, skills that you have, and even your outlook on things. It kind of makes me think of the concept of paying it forward and Really, where it starts to mold itself into what I want to talk about today and what that story that I shared earlier, where this all ties in, is being on the hook helps us practice pushing push through resistance and fear and what it is that we're doing you know it's kind of interesting because like I said, you know when I think about the this whole um, illustration of being on the hook or that that statement, I think about you know, getting caught, like as a fish. Like if I'm a fish swimming around in a pond, I don't want to get on the hook. I don't want to be on the hook. Well, what Seth says is that that's just, that's amateur thinking because the hook is scary. It's sharp. It can poke you. And even worse, it could kill you. Or it can pull you into a whole new world where you flourish like you never have before. That really just marries into the conversation of risk, because that's what it all really comes down to, right? What are you willing to risk? What is the risk for? So something that I just don't agree with that I hear all the time, I'm sure you have all heard this, is risk equals reward, things like that. And no, it doesn't. Risk does not equal reward. Risk does equal the potential for reward. So some examples of that would be you risk leaving your country, you pack up your family, you move, you, maybe you sail across the world. And the idea is that you risk that for hopefully a better life for your children and your children's children the legacy that can come out of that tough decision. That's the risk. Sometimes people will risk having another drink when they're out socializing in the idea that maybe this extra drink, if everybody will participate, maybe we'll have some more fun. And obviously we know the consequences of overindulging in that and typically it doesn't really shake out that way. You risk dropping out of school to kickstart your own venture. But the, it might be guaranteed, you might have really committed yourself to, to actually starting up that venture, but the risk is that the venture does, never succeeds and you're kind of what feels like back to square one. Or lastly, you risk taking out a $10,000 business loan, hoping that this is going to accelerate your business growth and it's going to increase your revenues and or your profits. But what if it doesn't? Now, not only did you burn through 10K, but you owe 10K, and you have this, like, this sense of defeat that you very well may be carrying with you, this burden of just emotional and mental frustration and lack of confidence that can come out of that failed attempt. So going, putting yourself on the hook— doubling down on something, being bold and confident about the thing that you're going to do, and you're going to omit everything else around it, even though there may be opportunity there, you're going to stay laser focused. The process of that is risky. It's scary. And I'll speak from my own situation right now, I suppose. And that is Trying to dial in exactly what I want to do. There's a lot of things that I'm interested in. There's a lot of things I want to be involved in. But the fact of the matter is, if I try to do all of that stuff at the same time, number one, there's not enough time in a day to move the ball down the field on all these different ventures, at least right now for me. And then the other thing is that when you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. That's something that's kind of said in marketing a lot. And once again, that's that's my background. That's where we're talking. So if you don't know me yet, I am a marketer. And that's what I do for a living and have fun with this podcast on the side. But in the world of marketing, if you have a very diluted message, if you're trying to scream through a megaphone at literally everybody in the world saying, hey, buy my product or whatever it is, it just kind of the message is diluted and you end up reaching nobody's ears. You end up capturing zero people's attention. And it all comes down to grabbing attention in marketing. That's kind of the first step, right? So putting yourself on the hook it's a risky thing, but this is what professionals do. They put themselves on the hook. They put themselves out there. They double down on themselves. They take risks and And ideally that they're they're calculated risks, so they kind of know the cost of doing this business, of making this decision, of taking this leap. So the big questions around risk that I think are important for us to ask ourselves is, number one, what are you willing to risk? You know, some easy examples of that would be risking time with loved ones because you have to invest that time into this other thing that hopefully will pan out. An easy one is risking money, whether it's your own or somebody else's. You're gonna risk friendships because your time, once again, and attention are going to be focused into something else. And you're also gonna risk your own comfort. Yes, you'll stretch your comfort zones. You will expand the box, the the perimeter of who you are as an individual and what you know that you're capable of because of this experience. But the risk is, in the short term, feeling really uncomfortable and really nervous. The first time I ever hit record to do this podcast, I was trembling. I was like almost visibly shaking. And even that's even coming from people encouraging me saying like, you're a really good speaker. You should do this. I think podcasting could really be um, like middle lane for you. Uh, You could really flourish there. But you're going to be uncomfortable as you do it. I felt even more uncomfortable when I posted the first episode. You should go back and listen to that and see if there's, I don't know, maybe, maybe at least a little bit of progress in the process of this whole podcast thing. But either way, we're still at the beginning and it's still uncomfortable. And that's an easy example for me, obviously. But what is that for you? You're going to risk feeling comfortable and you'll start to find yourself in that process. So that was the first question. I've got three big questions around risk. The first one was, what are you willing to risk? The second question is, what is the purpose of taking the risk? So you could also just say, what outcome are you, ch- are you chasing? What do you want to achieve through this process? Because you're at point A and you're trying to get to point B, what is that? You really want to, it sounds like almost stupid simple. It's like, oh yeah, great content here, Evan. You're, <laughs> you're not going very deep with us. But no, I mean, we have to kind of pull it back to the fundamentals and really look, we need to answer some of these very important questions first. And it will help us guide ourselves in the process of what decisions we make next and which um, cliffs we're willing to jump off of, so to speak. So what are you willing to risk? What is the purpose of taking the risk Or what outcome are you chasing? And then the last question is, can you survive and rebound from the risk if it doesn't pan out? If you drop out of school to start up your own venture and it doesn't pan out, are you going to be able to reckon with that loss? Or is that just gonna make you implode in some sort of way and set you backwards that's going to just chop off years of your life because you're now gonna be in some sort of financial, mental, emotional hole that you have to work on digging yourself out of? So, those are the questions we need to kind of ask in the concept of risk. And as we start to come up with answers to that, we can better define what's worth putting ourselves on the hook for. Does that make sense? So, then I want to tether this all into one more like it's a singular word but this concept around the singular word um and it's something that everybody faces in their journey it's called resistance this this concept obviously we all know what the word resistance is and yeah i'm not going to give you some sort of like off kilter definition that's not what you're expecting me to say but the conversation around resistance and where this ties into Creating your dream life for yourself, whether personally or professionally, has been made famous by an author named Stephen Pressfield. He wrote the book called The War of Art, and actually, a fun little fact, side note, is this book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, is the book that Seth Godin says he wish he would have written. So... It's kind of fun that we can tie these things together and that these two really notable authors that have a lot to say and have done a lot of good in the world from what they've shared with people, um, Seth looks up to Stephen Pressfield and says, man, I wish I would have written that book. It's the book I never wrote, but pretty, pretty cool, kind of fun fact. But really what this book, The War of Art, is all about is in order to do work that matters, one must conquer resistance risk is involved in that. Right. So I just kind of want to go through a few key points. I just actually, I, this was my lawnmower book. And what I mean by that is, um, I almost thought about starting like in my own like side podcast of like lawnmower thoughts. Cause I, I, I don't have a huge yard, but I'm out there mowing the yard, like frequently enough to where I'm either just out there doing my thing. Um, with my own thoughts, or in many cases, I'm listening to podcasts or audiobooks. So, this was my lawnmower audiobook the past couple weeks, and I went through it really, really fast. I was like, whoa, the book's over? But it is just packed with gold. So, I want to just touch on some key points around what uh, Stephen Pressfield says in this book and where this all kind of comes back into being on the hook and the risk that's involved. So, resistance is what kills creativity, and it goes a lot deeper than that, but here's a couple points for us to look at, some quotes. Here's the first one. Procrastination is the most common manifestation of resistance because it's the easiest to rationalize. We don't tell ourselves, I'm never going to write my symphony. Instead, we say, I'm gonna write my symphony. I'm just gonna start tomorrow. Do you see the resistance in that you can fill in the blank. I'm never going to blank. You say, I'm going to blank. I'm just going to start tomorrow. Or I'm going to wait until the timing's right, until the markets clear up, until I have the cash to do so, until I get this other thing figured out first. And this is procrastination 101 right here. And I know that we're all dealing with this. You, you know what I'm talking about. Don't start tomorrow. Start today. Obviously, after doing some of your homework, but the process of doing that homework ought to start today. You know, no, you might not file for an LLC, um, you know, for this new business venture that you want to start. You might not do that today, but the process of coming up with your offer, figuring out your target audience, who are you out there to help, what is the problem that you're solving. The homework of doing that, answering those questions, does start today, even if it's just in your brain. But procrastination is the most common manifestation of resistance because it's the easiest to rationalize. Another quote that I think is really interesting is he says, grandiose fantasies are a symptom of resistance. They're the sign of an amateur. The professional has learned that success, just like happiness, Comes as a byproduct of work. <laughs> this one hits me because I'm kind of a dreamer. I'm always kind of this idea guy. And um, as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh man, I, I hope that people see that, you know, half the ideas that I have, I'm just enjoying the process of having an idea. I don't want people to think that I'm just all talk and uh, are all bark, no bite, or whatever the different things are. But, you know, actions speak louder than words. And I want, you know, for myself, I want to take action on things. I don't want to just be this guy that just talks and be known to be this guy that, oh, he had a great idea, but he never did it. He either procrastinated. He had um, his own other things going on, there was resistance obviously happening in his life that kept him from taking these leaps. These grandiose fantasies are a symptom of that resistance. They're a sign of an amateur. Amateurs are the ones that will quickly and flippantly say things and then never put any gasoline on the fire. They'll never actually do something to get it going. They just talk and they honestly, it's just, it's, it's, It's debilitating because it kind of just muddies everything else that's out there. It's hard to know who the real people are and who aren't when everybody's talking big game. It all comes back down to actions speaking louder than words. And the difference between an amateur and a professional is that a professional has learned that success, just like happiness, comes as a byproduct of work. If you have too much resistance, if you're not willing to take the risk, you're not going to do the work. you got to put yourself on the hook so that there's more at stake which is going to help you create the work to do the thing that you once wouldn't have, going from amateur to professional. Resistance is a part of this in, in all of the big areas and little nooks and crannies of our lives. It's there. I highly recommend this book, by the way. Here's the last quote. We'll kind of summarize this. This will be a little bit of a shorter episode today. The more important a call or action to our soul's evolution, the more resistance we will feel towards pursuing it. Now, let me read it again and we'll break it down. The more important a call or action to our soul's evolution, the more resistance we will feel towards pursuing it. And this is an interesting one. I had to kind of... Think about this. I had to just turn off my lawnmower and sit crisscross applesauce, cross-legged in the middle of my backyard and close my eyes and really just stew on this one for a while. (laughs) Um, No, but seriously, I was like, I did pause it and I just kind of thought on that for a minute. And it started to make sense to me. If something feels really important to us, some sort of like we feel this like calling, this this pulsing in our veins, so to speak— to do something, to create something, to become something, if we really feel that that is an important thing that, that we're pulled towards, and you can call that your intuition, you can call that God, you can just call it logic and you see you're putting pieces together and it just makes sense to do this thing. If it feels really important, like it really does matter to you, the more resistance you're going to feel while you're trying to pursue it. And that's kind of interesting because you would think something that you're really convicted about, something that you're really wanting to commit to, that you wouldn't feel that resistance as much because you're so like hell-bent on it, right? But I think he's actually onto something here because we care. Resistance is going to happen around the things that we care about. It goes back to risk, I care about my family. I don't want to pick them up and move them across the world for the hope of a better life because there's a lot at stake if that doesn't happen. Resistance starts to creep in around the things that we seem to care about the most. And we love what we're fighting for. And I think the conversation of the self and the ego starts to come into this a little bit, and I'm not going to take us down that path today. We kind of talked on ego in a recent episode um, with Miles Hansen. You can go back and listen to that after this if you'd like. Um, but it, I think it does start to tie into how we see ourselves, and then also how we think that others are seeing us, and that egotistical um, part of ourself comes into this conversation because... If we really care about something and we want to be known for something, what we don't want to be known for is being a failure at that something, right? It's like with my podcast, because I put myself out there, because I'm talking into this microphone and making these points right now, I care about what I'm doing and I care that not only obviously number one, that this is valuable to the people and entertaining for people in some capacity, but I want you to think good of me. I mean, I'd be a liar to say that that's not laced into the motive a little bit. It's not the primary motive, but it's absolutely a part of it because I have an ego, just like we all do. So the things that you care about, you're probably gonna find more resistance in that process of pursuing it. And professionals find a way to work through it and they show up every day. You know, if you're a writer, you're going to sit down at the blinking cursor and stare at your computer or you're gonna pull out your pencil and paper However you do it, you're going to make that happen. You're going to put in the work, and the resistance is real and it will not immediately go away. But the more that you practice not allowing that resistance to take over, the more you're going to start finding yourself sliding on from the one side of the spectrum of being an amateur over to the side of being a professional. And you're going to start seeing results coming out of the things that you're doing. And this is all a part of the process. Of putting yourself on the hook. Here's the last thing that I thought was really interesting. It's a little bit of a side note, but for those that are still listening, I'm glad you're here. Number one, number two, I'll give you one more thing. He said this quote. He says, "Love is not the enemy of hate." I've and I've heard this. I'm sure you have too. You know, you can't have love without hate. You can't have hate without love. You know, it's kind of the yin and yang thing. Um, And he was saying that love and hate are not enemies of each other. And I was like, okay, well, then what could it be? He says, indifference is the enemy of love. Because, and I think what he's trying to say, this is my own articulation of it, which I think just is so freaking cool, is if you hate something, like if you really hate something, there's a lot of... Um, dedication to that feeling. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of fuel behind that. And passion and fuel and conviction and dedication and all those other synonyms to those words are also found in love. So to say that they're opposite is not necessarily true. Now I understand the manifestation of Loving someone versus hating someone—you know—you're on different sides of the table, but it kind of comes from the same root ingredients, I suppose. Um, and you know, I'm I'm totally fine to be wrong or to be argued on this or to have some sort of debate. I'm not that I'm a debater at all, but I, I'm okay with this just being my opinion and you not agreeing with that. But I just found that really interesting. He says indifference is the opposite of love because whether you love or hate something. There's passion behind that. There's conviction, like I said. But if you're indifferent, then you don't really care. You don't give a crap. And if you don't care, then you're not going to put any sort of energy or effort into that thing, whether it's positive energy or negative energy. So I just, I mean, a little bit of a side note, but I thought that was really, really interesting. And so obviously we fight for love and I'm totally taking this conversation a little bit different, but, you know, we fight for love because that's what community is built off of. That's what individuals are comprised of. That's where we are at our best is when there's love all around us and within us and flowing through us. Indifference is the enemy of that. So fight for the things that you care about. Fight for the things that you love, the things that you're interested in, the things that you have some sort of passion around. Stay away from the things that you don't care about. If you're indifferent on something, then (laughs) obviously, I don't really need to tell you. You probably do ignore the things that you just don't care about, the things that you're indifferent around. All right, I'm starting to ramble a little bit, but... really, really cool stuff here. And I wanted to uh, bring this to you today, especially since I'm on the heels of reading that book, which is called The War of Art by Steven Pressfield, the book that Seth Godin wishes he would have written. So today, it's been really cool. This is where I'm at, is finding new ways and allowing myself to be coached towards putting myself on the hook. It's not just about putting myself out there. It goes deeper. Like for me, once again, being transparent as I try to be as much as possible on this podcast. For me, I have a hard time spending money, investing into myself on things. I'm always looking for a craftier way around it. Like, why would I buy a course uh, when I can Google the answer and read through some articles and find that for free? Now, it might take some more work, but you know, if I can go the more frugal route on things. I tend to do that, and I think that's just been ingrained in me from a young, as a young kid. And so for me, I have to be ready to kind of put my money where my mouth is and invest into myself, invest into my business. That's just one way of putting myself on the hook. The other thing that can apply to a lot of entrepreneurs out there, especially if you're right in the beginning of taking the leap, maybe you're still working your 9-to-5 job and you're trying to find the confidence to make that jump, or you've already made that jump and you're just kind of sorting through what you're going to do out there and you're just trying to put all the pieces together, this big jigsaw puzzle of entrepreneurship, especially in the beginning days. You want to really focus in on something specific instead of being like a generalist and doing a little bit of everything that, that, that that's definitely a part of the process. Like a lot of freelancers will do that. That's something that I have done and still do a little bit. <clears throat> as long as it somewhat supports my end goal, um, you know, I'll try out different things within marketing to see what I enjoy, see what I'm good at, you know, and go through that whole process. But for me, the other way that I'm going to put myself on the hook is really filing down exactly what it is that I offer and not be this this wide Um, like buckshot approach to things, but be really laser focused. So being on the hook is making a commitment. And this is what pros do. Do you want to move from where you're at today into becoming a professional at the thing that you do? Do you want to know that at the end of your days, that where there was uh, risk, you knew that there was a potential for reward. And so you calculated which risks were worth taking and you dove in. You dove in head first. Your eyes were open. You weren't blindly jumping into things. You calculated, but you did the thing. You jumped out of that airplane. And all through that, you're conquering resistance. You're not letting it hold you back. So I hope this encourages you. Thank you guys so much for. Being a listener, uh, it, means a really, uh, it means a ton to me to know that there's people that will straight up listen to 30 minutes of a podcast and if you 're like me, you're going to put it on like one and a half to two times speed, and you know we can get it, get this done a little quicker and still get all the goods from it so I just I really appreciate you. I love the community that's being built. Leave a review, leave a rating, share this on social media however it is, if you enjoy something and you find some fruit in it, if you want to straight up rip some quotes out of here, do it that's what I do I mean i've got my notes with my quotes, and I just put my own two cents and my own spin on it i'm open to say that you know a lot of this isn't necessarily original idea and that's okay because it's all about soaking in the things that are going to help us grow and become what we see as ideal for ourselves and in our future and the people that we love so that's what this is all about thank you for listening to the episode i will catch you in the next one peace well that does it for this episode you can always reach out to me directly on my instagram at evanshank 75 with any thoughts or questions you may have I'd love to connect and hear your story. Make sure you follow and subscribe and also leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to this on. My only question to you is, which way now?